Section 25 of Passages from the Life of a Philosopher. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Chad Horner from Ballyclare in County Antrim, Northern Ireland. Passages from the Life of a Philosopher by Charles Babbage. Section 25. Experience at Courts. Pension to Dr. Dalton. Inhabitants of Manchester subscribe for a statute by country. The author proposed that he should appear at a levy. Various difficulties suggested and removed. The Chancellor approves and offers to present him. Mentions it to King William the Fourth. Difficulties occur. Dalton, as a Quaker, could not wear a sword. Answer, he may go in his robes as Doctor of Laws of Oxford. As a Quaker, he could not wear scarlet robes. Answer, Dalton is afflicted with colour blindness. Crimson to him is dirt colour. Dr. Dalton, breakfast with the author. First rehearsal, second rehearsal of Mr. Woods. At the levee, the church in danger. Courtiers, jealous of the Quaker. Conversation at court, sometimes interesting, occasionally profitable. The following letter was addressed by me to Dr. Henry, the biographer of Dalton. In reply to inquiries respecting the part I had taken in procuring a pension for that distinguished philosopher, it was printed in the life of Dalton, and is now reprinted from its illustration of the subject of this chapter. My dear sir, I have now examined my papers, as far as I can, to find any traces of Dalton amongst them. I find only two letters, of which I send you copies. I well remember taking a great interest in Dalton's pension, as you will see by several passages in The Decline of Science, pages 20 and 22, and note, but I have no recollection of any of the circumstances or through what channel it was applied for. I find several letters of that date from Mr. Wood, 41, member of South Lancashire, and it appears from them that I went with him to Paulette Thompson, 42, afterwards Lord Sydenham, but I only gather this fact from those letters. I send them in the enclosure as they may be of use. You can return them at your own convenience. Statute of Dalton When the inhabitants of Manchester had subscribed £2,000 for a statute of Dalton, he came up to London and was the guest of Mr. Wood. He sat to Chantry for the statute. I consequently saw much of my friend. It occurred to me that, as his townsmen were having a statute of him, as the University of Oxford had given him the honorary degree of Doctor of Laws, and as the government had given him a pension, if it were not incompatible with his feelings, it would be a fit thing that he should be presented at a levy. It appeared to me that if William the Fourth were informed of it, it would afford him an opportunity of saying a few words to the venerable philosopher, which would be gratifying to the inhabitants of Manchester, the University of Oxford, and the world of science. Accordingly, I wrote a note to Mr. Wood, suggesting the idea and proposing that he should ascertain from Dr. Dalton whether it would be unpleasant to him to go through the usual forms. Dalton not objecting, my note was sent on by Mr. Wood and Lord Bryham, who at that time was Lord Chancellor. He approved highly of the plan and offered to present Dr. Dalton. He also mentioned the circumstance to the King. I had had some conversation with Mr. Wood upon the subject, when several difficulties presented themselves to him. Dr. Dalton, as a Quaker, could not appear in a court dress, because he must wear a sword. 
to this i replied that being aware of the difficulty i had proposed to let him wear the robes of a doctor of laws of oxford mr wood remarked that those robes being scarlet they were not of a colour admissible by quakers to this i replied that dr dalton had a kind of colour blindness and that all red colours appeared to him to be the colour of dirt besides i had found that our friend entertained very reasonable views of such mere matters of form the velvet cap of the doctor again was not an obstacle as he was informed that it was usually held in the hand and was rather a mark of office than a covering for the head these difficulties being surmounted dr dalton came one morning to breakfast with me we were alone and after breakfast he went up with me into the drawing-room in order to see the difference engine after we had made several series of calculations he recollected that he had in his pocket a note to me from mr wood on hastily looking it over i find that it was to announce to me that our friend acquiesced in the plan first rehearsal of a levy i now mention the forms usual at a levy and placing several chairs in order to present the various officers in the presence chamber i put dr dalton in the middle of the circle to represent the king i then told my friend that i should represent a greater man than the king and i intended to personate dr dalton and would re-enter at the further door going round the circle make my obeisance to the king and thus show him the kind of ceremony at which he was to assist on passing the third chair from the king's i put my card on the chair at the same time informing dr dalton that this was the post of a lord in waiting who takes the cards and gives them to the next officer who announces them to the king on passing the philosopher i kissed his hand and then passing round the rest of the circle of chairs i thus gave him his first lesson as a courtier it was arranged that i should take dr dalton with me to the levy and put on his card dr dalton presented by the lord chancellor full dress rehearsal of levy when the morning arrived i went to mr wood's residence and found dr dalton quite ready for the expedition in order to render the chief actor perfect in his part we again had a rehearsal mrs wood personating the king and the rest of the family with the assistance of sundry chairs and stills representing the great officers of state i then entered the room preceding my excellent friend who followed his instructions as perfectly as if he had been repeating an experiment being now quite satisfied with the performance we drove off to st james's the robes of a doctor of laws are rarely made use of except at a university address consequently dr dalton's costume attracted much attention and compelled me to gratify the curiosity of many of my friends by explaining who he was the prevailing opinion had been that he was the mayor of some corporate town come up to get knighted i informed my inquirers that he was a much more eminent person than any mayor of any city and having won for himself a name which would survive when orders of knighthood should be forgotten he had no ambition to be knighted the church in danger at a short distance from the presence chamber i observed close before me several dignitaries of the church in the full radiance of their vast lawn sleeves the bishop of gloucester forty three dr monk who was nearest accidentally turning his head i recognized a face long familiar to me from its cordiality and kindness a few words were interchanged between us and also by myself with the rest of the party the remotest of whom if i remember rightly was the archbishop of dublin the dress of my friend 
seemed to strike the bishop's attention but the quiet costume of the quaker beneath his scarlet robe was entirely unnoticed i therefore confided to the bishop of gloucester that the fact that i had a quaker by my side at the same time assuring him that my peaceful and philosophic friend was very far from mediating any injury to the church the effect was electric upon the whole party episcopal eyes had never yet beheld such a spectacle in such society and i fear notwithstanding my assurance some portion of the establishment thought the church really in danger we now entered the presence chamber and having passed the king i retired very slowly in order that i might observe events dr dalton having kissed hands the king asked him several questions all which the philosopher duly answered and then moved on in proper order to join me this reception however had not passed with sufficient rapidity to escape jealousy for i heard one officer say to another who the d is that fellow whom the king keeps talking to so long interesting confidences at a levee conversations at courts are not always thought to be the most interesting things in the world although doubtless they must be so to the parties engaged in them in the midst of crowded levees and drawing-rooms one is often compelled to become the confidant of strangers around us the amusement derived from this source predominates over the instruction i have heard much anxious inquiry as to certain pieces of clerical preferment who is to have certain military or colonial commands and what promotions will take place from the consequent vacancies many political queries have been proposed and how the party would act in certain contingent cases i once heard a gentleman receive at a levy the first announcement of a legacy on another occasion on my return from the continent i was myself informed at a levy of a similarly gratifying and to me entirely unexpected event dr dalton having now passed through the formal part of a levy had a better opportunity of viewing the details he inquired the names of several of the portraits and i took the opportunity of pointing out to him many of the living celebrities we then returned to Mr. Wood's residence, and the whole party were highly gratified at the success of the undertaking. I am, my dear sir, very truly yours, C. Cabbage, Dorset Street, Manchester Square, February the 7th, 1854. End of section 25. Recording by Chad Horner from Ballyclare in County Antrim, Northern Ireland.